Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. In today's episode, the last episode of 2017, we delve into the importance of personal development for authors with one of my favorite guests and someone that I always think of around the end of the year, Honoré Quarter. Honoré, as you may remember, is the author of dozens of books, including You Must Write a Book, the Prosperous Writers book series, the Miracle Morning for Writers series with Hal Elrod, and the new series she just started called the Like a Boss series for authors. We recorded this conversation face-to-face at the 20 Books Conference in Las Vegas the day after she gave her keynote address. We cover a lot of ground in this interview, including how she's written over 30 books by consistently writing just an hour a day, the importance of legal agreements when it comes to writing partnerships. Uh, We we even get into some technology. We talk about some different apps and tech that can help to keep us on track and moving forward with the important work of being an author as opposed to uh, chasing the various rabbit trails that present themselves during the course of the day. And we also talk about the various writing partnerships she has right now, including the Like a Boss series, which she's writing with, uh, with author Ben Hale. As always, we'll have links to everything we talked about in the interview in the show notes at theauthorbiz.com. And we started the conversation with me confirming the number of times that Honoré has been a guest on The Author Biz. I think this is number four. Four. And four. That, that's amazing. That's amazing. You are one of my favorite guests because Aww. you're like the most professional guest to ever be on the show. You're, everything that you do about your business mm-hmm. is, is done at such a high level. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and have well, you on the show. I'm honored to be with you every time. Plus, I know that you run in the mornings and you listen to podcasts. I do. And um, you're practicing what you preach constantly. I do the best that I can. (laughs) And I find you very inspiring. You come from a personal development background. Yes. And I... I am a person who absorbs personal development material. I, it's, it's made a big difference in my life. I heard you speak at the 20 Books to 50K conference, and you talked about the importance of personal development for authors and as a part of your author business. So let's talk about that a little bit. It's easy to think about developing our craft, uh, to develop, mm-hmm. get better at Facebook ads, technical things like that. And th- those are the things that, that we all tend to focus on. But there's this big overarching thing that, that maybe we need to spend more time considering. Yes, I think your bank account will never exceed your level of personal development. You have to work on yourself in order to expand how you feel about yourself, your belief in yourself, and therefore how much you believe you deserve. When you work with people, do you find, and you work with lots of authors, um, you partner with lots of authors, you write lots of series, and we'll, we'll get into all of that, and you've got a new series that's coming out, and I don't want to forget to ask you about that, the Write Like a Boss series, and yeah. it's, like, it's the Like a Boss series, and we'll yes. get into that. But when you, when you partner with people, are they, do they tend to be the kind of people who pay attention to personal development? Have they been as active with personal development? as you have been through the years? For the most part, okay. yes. The The answer to that is yes. My um, co-author in the Miracle Morning book series, I'm the co-creator of that series with Hal Elrod. He mm-hmm. wrote The Miracle Morning, which is the the touchstone book along with Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Right, or Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins well, you know, on personal it, development. This is, this is a funny thing, because when you were at the 20 Books Conference, you asked how many people have heard of The Miracle Morning. 
Yes. And I'm expecting everyone in Me the room too. to raise their hands and maybe 35, 40%. Yep, that's what I was going to say. And, about and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, we need to talk about this because this is a thing. People are not paying it because I thought everyone had, had read that book. I would, I would have thought by now everyone had read that book, and yet, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I felt very uh, lucky to be able to share about Hal and the book and the book series with the audience at that conference, and also had a lot of people come up to me after and say that they were working on their craft, and they were working on the technical things. Mm-hmm. And I believe that who you're being is so much more important than what you're doing. How do, how do we time. do that when we're... We're sitting in our pajamas and, and we're writing and, and we're doing all this stuff and our, and our biggest concern is finishing the book and writing some halfway decent copy for that next Facebook ad that we're going to be spending way too much money for. Well, here's the connection that I think will make sense to the listeners. If you're procrastinating and not doing those things, if you're not writing as consistently, if you're not working on the craft of copywriting, if you're not upgrading your descriptions, if you are talking more about how little you have and how little you have to spend on something as opposed to how much you have, there is definitely a gap in your personal development. And it must begin even before or be a, a, an appointment you have with yourself as part of the day to work on yourself, to take that time and read something that makes you a better person, to say words of affirmation about yourself and about your circumstances, and to visualize success. You are not going to get any further on the success train until you get on the success train. <laughs> <laughs> when you, you talked about words of, of affirmation at the conference and I was sitting, the way the conference was set up, you were, you were in the front, you were on the stage, you could see everyone. Yes. I was in the back and I could see you. Um, when you were talking about words of affirmation, did you get a sense of, was that well received or was that people were thinking, you know, mental eye rolls? You know what? I, I didn't get any eye rolls. I got people were writing things down. Cool. I think w- I, I will I will say this when I'm in an audience and I'm and I put my butt in a chair, I'm not there. Be, time is precious. Mm-hmm. If I'm there, I'm listening and I want to get something from the speaker. I would assume that everyone came and they were sitting there because they thought I might want to also sell 800,000 books in my career. <laughs> Maybe she has something to say that will add value because mm-hmm. there's that one nugget you can get from any speaker. And I'd like to think that when I said, Hal discovered the best practices of the most successful people in the world, and here they are, there are six of them. Yes. Let me run down the list for you, that they were thinking, okay, well, maybe I should do one or all six of these best practices Mm -hmm. so that I can get better and make more money. How hard is it for people who have never done this kind of thing? Like, I've been consuming, I I remember listening to Earl Nightingale on cassette tapes or, you know, whatever was... Album. The original one was yes. an album. Yes. And, uh, you know, I have all of that stuff, and I still listen to it to Back this in the day. day when the earth was cooling, we yes. were listening. Yes. And back <laughs> before Earl we had podcasts to listen to all the time, we listened yes. to Earl Nightingale, we did. who we had sure this did. incredible voice. Yes. And Jim Rohn and yes. blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yes. Um, I, here's, the, here's something. There's something interesting about personal development. Most people, once they don't want to necessarily try it, but if they can get out of their own way and they try it, they actually become addicted to it. So I'm doing some group coaching for a company right now. Mm -hmm. None of those women had ever heard of the miracle morning or done the practice. Most of them, the Uh ones that I'm teaching and they're doing, they're doing the miracle morning practice. They're checking in every day and they're like, honore, you've transformed my life. And I'm like, no, you've transformed your life. I was just the messenger. 
I just brought you the information and you chose to take it in and to try it. So Mm -hmm. if someone is sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm kind of okay. If you're okay, but you want to be better, if you want to make more money, if you want to be happier, it's not always just about the money. Money does not make you happy, but it can buy things that make you happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember the first time I heard the Miracle Morning story, it it was on, I think it was Pat Flynn's podcast, or maybe Mm -hmm. it was the third time I heard it, but Pat was the first one to talk to him and, and really talk about the process. Right. And all of a sudden, I heard this guy's name everywhere, and I heard the Miracle Morning stuff everywhere, and I got the book, and it's like, wow, this makes a lot of sense because I'm an early morning person, and I, you know, yes. it just makes a lot of sense. I could right. add a couple things to my routine, and my life would get better, and it actually did. It's, it's, that's the amazing thing about personal development. It's not like people make this stuff up. They do research, or they have personal experience with it, and yes. it actually works, and if you do it, it makes your life better. It works for you. So you yes. have to decide if you want to try it and then it, you have to do it. No one can run that race for you. I, I have yet to find the person that can go to the gym for me. You can't, <laughs> you, you don't, you don't hire someone for that. What would we call that? Like a, a GA, a, gi- a gym assistant, a gym assistant. Yes. yes. A workout assistant, a wah, a WA, a workout assistant. Yes. When did you first get involved in personal development? When, what was your first exposure? Um, Reader's Digest, Laughter is the Best Medicine. Oh, really? That was the first column I read. Um, I was a foster kid. I was staying with some, some friends of mine when I was in high school finishing my senior year, and I would get Reader's Digest. And the thing I wanted to read was Laughter the Best Medicine, uh-huh. those stories of hope. And then from there, um, I, um, I don't remember the next thing, but somewhere early on I discovered Eric Butterworth and Catherine Ponder, and then I discovered Tony Robbins, uh-huh. and then I bought the Personal Power series on cassette. Yes, which I had on cassette and then CD. and Yes, and then I saved up to go to the um, UPW, the Unleash the Power Within uh-huh. Firewalk which happened to be at the Jacob Javits Center, and I was living in New York, and so I went to that, and life is literally... You did the firewalk? Oh, I've been many times now, but yes, I did the firewalk, and I remember going across the coals and, and just thinking, wow, if I can walk on 2,200-degree hot coals, I was I think I was 21, uh-huh. 20 or 21 So it was a couple years time. ago. So <laughs> it was back when the earth was cooling. <laughs> literally, the, the coals were cooling <laughs> as I walked across them very quickly. And it, it's, I've not ever stopped since then. I've taken breaks from it and then life got harder. And then I went back to the things that worked. I went back to those fundamental things. And as soon as I started meditating again and saying mm-hmm. affirmations and visualizing and, and journaling and exercising consistently, w- uh, magically, yes, things magically. started getting better. And I started getting, I, I call it building the muscle because mm-hmm. people think, oh, I've heard about this. Why am I not perfect at it yet? And I say, you have to build the muscle. It's like the first time I went to the gym and the trainer handed me a seven and wanted me to do lateral raises. I was like, but this thing is really freaking heavy. And now I do lateral raises with 20 pound weights. Mm-hmm. But you have to build the muscle. You have to get stronger, more efficient, more effective. And then, I mean, to, to take the analogy a little further, if you stop going to the gym and you go back again in three years, you're going to be back at that yeah, seven you, and you uh, have having, muscle having memory, trouble with it. But the muscle, the memory is is low. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you don't it's graduate weak. from this kind of thing. No, you there don't. is no graduation no. Where, you, where it's Mm-mm. where it's over. And, and as, right. as with you, I've had the same situation where your life gets better and you don't need to spend the time doing this anymore. You feel like you don't need to you spend the time. You think you're done. And you then think you, you realize. You think you've graduated and, and you can start helping other people. And then you go along and it's like, wow, I haven't done this for a while, but I'm doing okay. And then a year later, you're kind of 
deep in the suck, whatever the suck happens to be for you, and yeah. you're like, I need to go read this book again or listen to this yes. again, and then you go, everything just comes flooding it's like back. Pedaling a bicycle, you can get into momentum as long as you keep pedaling, you're fine. And when you stop pedaling, you'll keep going for a little time, and mm -hmm. then you lose control of the bike, and you run into a tree, and you crash. It, the same is true with personal development. As long as you're doing it pretty consistently, daily, a few times a week, you're going to be fine. But if you take your foot off the gas, mm -hmm. you are gonna, you are eventually going to come to a complete stop, and it might be because you run into something. What, what stops us from doing this? If, if, if someone out there is listening and is, is rolling their eyes yeah. and going, you know, that's not for me. That's for people like them that's for who, other need, people. who need yeah. this kind of thing. But, you know, you and I will gratefully admit that we do need this kind of thing and, and be happy, happy for the results sure. that it provides. But for, for those people that have never done this, I mean, what, what can you say? Because you, you have done this for a living before, trying to get people to do this stuff. What can you say to get them to do it? Or what to try it, to at least try it? Um, well, get the Miracle Morning or get one of the series books, Miracle Morning for Writers with yes, Steve that's Scott. A great and example. And read yes. about, because in each of the series books, we spend a good bit of time going through each of the life savers, so each of the daily practices, and talking about why they add value to your life, why meditation actually makes you less homicidal and more productive. And <laughs> why... <laughs> Why saying affirmations um, is good for you. Why saying positive affirmations, not the Stuart Smalley kind of affirmation from Saturday Night Live, but, but speaking yes. words of affirmation, whatever you say comes to pass. So be careful what words escape mm -hmm. from your lips and what you're picturing in your mind. And that exercise not only makes you fit and trim, but it also makes you less homicidal and more productive and happier because you're releasing endorphins. I legitimately broke my foot a couple of weeks ago and I haven't been able to run for, it was two weeks yesterday and I have been measurably crankier. You can uh -huh. ask my family <laughs> about it. And I'm really looking forward to it healing and so I can get back because I feel better when I take that time for me when I go to the gym yes. and I'm running and I'm listening to the Author Biz podcast. Thank you. And I'm listening to um, Blinkist, one of my new favorite apps. Blinkist is an app that summarizes books. Oh, yes, yes, So you yes. can listen to uh -huh. an entire book in about 15 or 20 I think 20 I just minutes. heard about that like 10 days ago, and I'm, my mind is just cycling through. Where did yeah. I hear that when you said that? And yes. I listen to lots and lots. I listen to about a book a day now, uh -huh. but when I find a book that I really like, then I go get the full book because okay. I know if I get and those gems. How deeply are they condensed? How, wh how What's the length to listen 10 to? 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. I listen to it on one and a half to two speed so I can get through it. Oh, you're one of those. I'm one of those people. You yeah. don't listen to my show that way, do you? I No, not at all. Always on one. Always on one. Okay, I want to savor every second of the that. show. Yes. Um, but then I'll go and, and listen to the book. So if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I don't know if journaling is going to help me or meditation is going to help me or exercise is going to help me. Um, and, or I'm not a morning person, so forget it. I, I, you know, the earliest I'm going to get up is 10. The, the miracle morning starts when you get up. Who was the woman who wrote the, I think it was the artist way. Julia Cameron. I that, did. I got that book when it first came out. I was living in New York city. I bought it at the Barnes and Noble on, uh, on fifth Avenue. And I still have my original copy of that book. And I still, I don't do the morning pages Exactly. I do a different, a little mm -hmm. bit different practice, but I do journal. I do, I use the bullet journal. That's my mm -hmm. thing. And I kind of keep track of things. It's very funny because my husband will go, what was the phone number? What was the confirmation number of that thing that we ordered? And I can go back to that day uh -huh. and I wrote, I write everything down. 
Um, that's my own particular process. I remember when I read that, I was at a Borders, not a Barnes and Nobles, oh. but it was that, oh, that long ago, there peace. was a Borders. Rest in peace, yes, Borders. Yes, but I remember reading it, uh, just being at the store, kind of flipping through the pages, and I came to that morning pages section, and I'm like, that's crazy. I'm not doing that because that morning is my best time to get anything done. But I got up the ne- I bought the book, uh-huh. got up the next morning and started journaling, which I had never done before in mm. my life. Mm. And I mean, that's like, you know, lifting weights. It's like, it was yeah. really hard. Uh-huh. Like, and I just started like talking to myself and by the end of it, I felt a little bit better. And the next day it was better. And the next day it was better. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was, there were real positive things yes. that were coming out of it. Yes. And try it is the whole point of this yes. part of the yeah, conversation. Because you never know what, you, what's going to hit for you. Yes. If you do three weeks of exercise and you're like, nope, not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's finding the one that I work out in this gym and there's this guy who comes in and he's on the elliptical. And he said, you know, I decided a long time ago, he's in his fifties. And mm-hmm. he said, I decided a long time ago, I'm not going to do anything that I can't stick with for a really long time. Some people like yoga. Some people like running. I say if you're a runner, then you also have to do some yoga because otherwise, as the older you get, the more your parts resist the running. If you're Tell not me about doing, it. If you're not doing the stretching. So for those of you who are in your 20s, if you're going to run, then please do yoga. Otherwise, it's going to suck when you're in your 40s. All right. Anyway. I'm, I'm going I'm to throw out an invitation now because yeah. I, I was out running um, – with a friend at the 20 books conference yeah. who a, a friend who's older than me and there aren't many people oh, here at the conference oh, older than me um but we went out running he found a nice running trail and at the end of it it's like next year we're going to organize a 5k for people oh, no matter yeah. how fast no matter yeah. how slow we want to organize a 5k so if you're back here next year and you definitely should be then um you're you're part of the 5k assuming you don't right. break your foot again and if yes. you're out there listening to this and thinking, hmm, mm. I need to get myself in shape. Do Couch to 5K. Do the yes. app, Couch yes. to 5K. That it really works. It really yes. works wonders. Yeah. And we will find a nice trail, and it'll just be fun. And it's, it's not a race. You're going to run it's slow. It's going to be fun. And there'll be <laughs> I don't run fast different paces anymore. for everyone. Oh, well, we started the other day. And this is a great thing about being 61. It's like somebody starts running with you and they're running too fast. You just say, hey, I don't run that fast. You got to slow down. Yeah, there's no ego involved. Simmer it's like down. we're slowing down because we want to talk. <laughs> that's yes. right. But that's what we're going to do. A year from now, we're going to have oh, that. that. So if you're out there thinking about this, you um, yeah. think about it, become a part of it, and do it next year. And you just never know what your thing is going to be, What which... Which of the practices or which combination of the practices that you do in a way that works best for you Mm -hmm. is going to work? All right. You mentioned that you're coaching a a group of women now. I think you said a group of women. Now, when, and and they are not, they have not been exposed to these ideas. No, they are middle-aged women who Uh are growing their own businesses. Some of them are in business for the first time. And some Some of them them are probably wildly successful. And some of them have been wildly successful in other careers and they've started this new career. Mm -hmm. And so they've hired me to be their coach and to work with them for a hundred days with my hundred day coaching program. Uh So I came out of retirement to do, to work with this group of women and none of them had heard of, or many, most of them, I would say 98% of them had not heard of the miracle morning or Mm -hmm. had practiced any of the ninja tactics. Now, when I you're, when you're them. working with people like this, are you checking on them to be, to see if they're doing it? Are you prodding them? Are you like the cattle prod mm-hmm. in the rear end? You know what? We talk every two weeks and they are supposed to send me some homework every Friday. Mm-hmm. And then they send me the coaching call maximizer. So before our session calls, they send me kind of progress on how they're doing. Most of them are sticking with that, but I tell them I'm not going to chase you. Okay. 
you're, you know, that you're, you're a grown person. <laughs> but are you getting and feedback from them, from them though, that from them though, are you getting feedback that tells you that they're doing this and it's, it's having an impact in their yes. lives? Yes. Yes. They're very pleased with their progress and they had to, uh, until the end of the month, last month to qualify for London and, and many of them qualified for London cool. and many of them had said, I went into this with skepticism. I was convinced that this was a waste of time and that uh, there was no way I could achieve what I wanted to achieve. And okay. they have. All right. Now, speaking of skepticism, yes, you hmm. claim to write an hour a day. And you, it's like, that's what you do. And I hear Mm -hmm. you say this and I am different. I feel like if I'm writing, I need to just be really writing. And I think, why can't I just do a minimum of an hour a day? Because you just essentially, for the most part, do an hour. I write from six to seven. You do an hour, you do an hour a day and somehow or other you've managed to publish, I don't know how many books, but it's a lot. It's a big number. More than 30. Okay. And how many this year? I don't know. Okay. Probably five or six this year. More than one. More than one. Oh, for yes. sure. Yeah. Yes. I, but I don't, I don't, that's not the data that I track. But, but for <laughs> me, it, it's just the idea of the discipline of I'm going to do this every single day. And there, I know there are people out there listening that they want to make progress with their writing mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's just really easy for me to get busy with other things. And that's say, why I'll, I do, I'll do it, it first. in the evening. Yes. That's why I do it first yes. because I've, I've learned myself and what works for me mm-hmm. and I'm cranky past a certain hour. I'm tired past a certain hour. I would much prefer to get up in the morning and, and make the coffee and make I make a, a pot of coffee and a, a pot of tea. Uh-huh. And then I sit on the couch and I have a timer on my iPhone that says it's 5.58. Sit down. <laughs> sit down and write the words. And even my cat knows. My cat comes out from sleeping with my daughter mm-hmm. and gets up on the couch and curls up on my legs. And then I have a timer that says it's 6.55, so I have about five minutes left to make it easier for me to start again tomorrow. Because if I'm mid-thought or I'm kind of on a roll, Mm -hmm. I want to make some notes so that I can sit right back down and get right back into that writing state. And and then it's time for me to get on with my day. Like my daughter gets up and I make her breakfast and I get her off to school. And then I have coaching appointments or I go see somebody or Mm -hmm. I am editing a book or proof, you know, accepting edits from another book or working on another project. Mm -hmm. I rarely have more time the rest of the day to work on something. Let me, and don't listen to this. I'm just talking to the audience. I'm going to see if I can get some free coaching here. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right, now we're back. Okay. (laughs) How do you personally, because you're, you do a lot of different things and I do a lot of different things and I'm finding as I get older, I have a harder time jerking myself back into what I'm doing when I get distracted. I, mm. I will be doing something, and then all of a sudden I'm doing something else, and I can't even remember what I was doing that was important. How do you, because you've got a lot of things pulling at you, how do you keep yourself from going too far down the rabbit trail? Uh, on, give me an example. Um, let's say that you are editing a book, and you get a message that something needs to be done right now. And so you go off and you do that thing, and then you need to get back to editing the book or writing the book or this other thing. And then there's another thing like that that comes along. There's lots of oh, urgent things. Sure. You know, there's, it, this, it's, this okay, gets back well, to, let's, the, to the urgent versus important Okay, so let's, let's talk about a couple of things. First of all, um, 
why is it urgent? Why does it have to be done right now? That's a question to ask yourself because I, my daughter will say, oh, I forgot something. Can you mm-hmm. bring it to me at school? But and sometimes I it say, really is urgent. Well, it, but seriously, well, tell me yes. something that's legitimately urgent. A so, price change needs to happen on something, on a book. That needs to happen like it's not, it doesn't actually need to be done right now, but it feels like it needs to be done right now because it affects revenue. Okay. So let's, we're going to categorize things as being legitimately important. Yes. Like someone lost a limb, the building is on fire, someone was in a car accident. Okay. So let's, right. let's, That's let's, a different let's category. Really, let's, no, but, but there's that, yes. right? Uh-huh. So I'll tell you my structure. Okay. The, when you first said, when I get a message that something needs to be done, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Okay. Because my phone is on do not disturb 24-7, 365. I only turn my phone on if I'm expecting someone to call me and I I take it off of Do Not Disturb about a minute or two ahead of time. When I'm in focus time and every minute is focus time, even if it's nap time, like like I'm focusing on my nap. <laughs> I remember hearing you on another podcast. I don't remember which one it was. And you, you talked about the napping thing. And I'm like, yeah. I'm such a napper. It's napping just, makes me so, so productive. And, yes. my, and I have an app called Pizzizz, P-Z-I-Z-Z, uh-huh. which talks you into sleep and talks you so you can nap or you can do a night's rest it's an amazing app so you have to check Uh that out anyway my phone is on do not disturb so i don't get interrupted okay however i have in my favorites the people who can interrupt me so my director of operations my husband my daughter certain family and friends are in the do not disturb category but my phone is on silent so it will not ring Mm -hmm. however i'm looking at it when I come out of a focus session. So I either work in 30 or 50 minute sessions. If I'm editing a book, I'm going to set my timer for 50 minutes. I'm turning my phone upside down right. and I'm focused. Okay. So, the so you're, world you're could totally, come to an you're end. totally locked in for that period of time. Yes. And, and then there's the, that what you're saying is when you realize, Oh, I do need to change the price on that. Mm-hmm. I write it down. I make a list of things that have to happen and I don't stop until I'm done with that list. Okay. And that's how I make sure that I get everything done. Or I message my, uh, Christina is my director of operations, my doer of all things. Mm-hmm. I'll message her and say, can you respond to this? Can you take care of this for me? Can you handle this? Whatever. Or can you make sure to remind me to do it? If okay. I'm driving or something, I'll do a talk to text okay. kind of a thing. All right. So, so you- I kind of put bumpers around my life so that I can't go down the rabbit hole because mm-hmm. it's so easy to say, and I'm... And, <laughs> <laughs> Can I be having senior moments? Probably. But I'll say, <laughs> I need to get on and do this. And then I open my computer and then the little messages, right, will flash yes, across yes, the top. Exactly. Yes. And then I'll go down that rabbit hole. And then I go, okay, it's time to get off the computer. And I will have forgotten to yes. do the darn thing that I got on there to do in the first place. And then I have to open up my computer and then go do the thing. Yes. And for me, that happens because I'm a little older than you, a lot older than you. Um, it, it, that I will... That get that mental yes. flash like 45 minutes later. It's like, oh, I went oh, in I to do this to one go. thing. And somehow or other, I made soup instead. Right. Well, that's just life. That's just life <laughs> in general. I try to structure my time. And I say the structure sets me free. I'm, I always have a day on paper before I have a day or on my, com- on my calendar, my computer calendar, mm-hmm. reminding me it's time to do this podcast. Oh, reminding mm-hmm. me it's time to go have a sit down with this person. Okay, it's time to go do Q&A for the conference. Now I have to go to lunch, right? Like I have a, my day is already planned out mm-hmm. before 
I have my actual day. Do you have um, an Amazon Echo? No. Alexa? I have one, no. and I've there, there's this reminder thing, which is mm. an absolute godsend for mm. me. And I'll, I will look at my calendar for the day, and then I will tell Alexa to remind me at 2 o'clock to do something. Oh, that's and brilliant. And so it just says, you know, it's, it's 2 o'clock, it's time to do this. And it's like, this is fabulous, because yes. then it's away from my mind, it's just gone, and I'm, I'm always within earshot of her unless I leave. I do that with my iPhone. I'll, I'll, I will put things on my calendar, and mm-hmm. so it will pop up and say, now it's time to do... Th-. And, and I put naps. I mean, yeah. I legitimately put naps, or I did all my Chris shop- Christmas shopping already. I did it in three hours. No. Because I make a list of who needs a gift, uh-huh. and then I all year I'm thinking because some people are hard to buy for. Mm-hmm. So when my mother-in-law says, "Ooh, I'd like oh, one yeah, of these," yeah. I'm like, "Oh, write that down." Because then I don't have to think. What was that thing that she said that she wanted? Yes. I have this block yeah. of time. All the gifts come. I put them in strategic places, and then they're all ready to go. And while everyone's running around like a crazy person, I have to go shopping. It's the 22nd of December. I'm eating mm-hmm. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you you have come up with a way to manage all these things. And, and managing is sort of like being a boss. And you you are a part of a new series like right now. The first book has recently come out, Write Like a Boss. Tell us about that and where you're going with this series. Yeah. So Ben Hale is a good friend of mine. We, read, we met at the Smarter Artist Summit, which is another writer's conference, mm-hmm. and became friends. And then we were talking. And neither of us remember who said the phrase, like a boss. Uh-huh. And then the other one said, we should do a series like a boss, like write like a boss, publish like a boss, market like a boss, and then decided just to do it. And we're both ridiculously busy and just got on the phone and did the outline for all three books and then started writing. And so write like a boss came out. What's the time frame for all of this from idea Um, to outlining to first book? We saw each other at the Smarter Artist Summit in March. We decided to start writing the like a boss series in June. Um, We released Write Like a Boss October 6th, Publish Like a Boss comes out December 6th, and Market Like a Boss comes out February 6th. Nice. And then we have a few other titles in the Like a Boss series Mm -hmm. that we want to do. And then we want to work with other people to have their expertise like a boss. And how do you... How do you judge an idea like this? Because it's, you know, you're at a conference, you're excited, the idea comes up, and you obviously took your time because you said you met in March and you decided to do we it. We met in June. a year ago, March, okay. and became right. friendly okay. and got, you know, like mm-hmm. that we had, we went through the honeymoon period and still liked each other. Uh-huh. And we, our values are very similar. And I swear he doesn't, he's Mormon. So uh-huh. I, I do, a, I've tried to give it up, but. It is really hard hard to not swear at at conferences because. Yeah, when I broke my foot, there was some swearing. (laughs) (laughs) I will not lie, there was some swearing. Anyway, we got through the honeymoon period. We, you know, I believe good fences make good neighbors. So we had to drop a legal agreement. We started Mm -hmm. a publishing company. We agreed on all of the. You set up a publishing a a specific publishing company for this one series. Yeah, Quarter and Hale Publishing. And it was it uh, an LLC? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think paper is very important. How many do you have? How many publishing companies do you have? Because you have a lot Um, of these partnerships. Three. So one with Meeks, one with Hale, and my own. And then I'm Hal's business partner in the Miracle Morning book series, but he has that publishing company. Okay. So that, I mean, this is an interesting topic. So for people who, and and there's a lot of talk at conferences about writing partnerships and things like Mm -hmm. that. So in, in your case, you knew pretty much where this was going to go and you decided it would be a good idea to set mm-hmm. up these mm-hmm. 
organizations to just handle everything and keep it simple. And, and a lot of people don't understand how easy it is to set up a corporation and, and to do something like this. It's, easy it's and, not and rocket inexpensive. Science. Right. It's not rocket science. You should have an actual attorney do it. Don't use a template. Um, have a business attorney. I happen to have a very good business attorney. I have lots of entities. Mm -hmm. And it in Texas, it's like $300. It cost us probably 1000 mm -hmm. total, including lawyer's fees. What does it cost? It and I don't know, because I was actually talking to someone in Texas the other day, and I'm like, you need to set up an LLC mm -hmm. for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, what's it cost? It doesn't matter what it costs, but there there is an annual fee in Florida. No, not in, not you don't, in Texas. There is no annual mm -mm. fee? No, really? you just have to file your so, paperwork to say that so it's you, still active. So once you file it, you're mm -hmm. done, and mm -hmm. you, you don't have to pay anymore. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Because I think it's $150 a year in Florida. Delaware, it Which is Which is $10 crazy. a month. Like, think yes. about how little that is to yes. have protection. But it's another form, and, and et cetera. We have a company, a Delaware corporation, and that is, it's like, way I'm, mm. I'm holding my hand way up high here you can't yeah. see it on the podcast but it's it's not 150 dollars a year so yeah everybody wants to have a Del delaware corporation don't do it right exactly <laughs> well just just good fences make good neighbors yes. i'm going to repeat that and you sometimes the spirit with which you go into a relationship mm -hmm. is not the spirit that remains in the relationship especially if your choice is not the best. So you want to make sure that you have protections in case something goes south. And if you've ever had a breakup or a divorce or something has gone south, you know that that is possible. It's not the intention. You want to make a good choice, but you also want to have some good governors around it. And very early on, Hal and I set up our legal agreement. And then later something happened and I said, well, isn't it like this? And he's like, I thought it was like that. We're like, let's go look at it. Yeah. And there's no disagreement. It was like, he said, oh, I guess I owe you some money. And he immediately cut me a check. And that wasn't even what I was after. I was mm -hmm. looking for someone else in the agreement. Anyway, um, it just, our memories are not. Yeah, and, and there's perfect. a great sense of comfort for having something like that. I've I've negotiated yes. a lot of um, start. You start a company, you bring in shareholders, and a lot yes. of times people have never done it before, and you have right. to go through right. the shareholders agreement process and explain to them why you need this stuff. And right. there's 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 then everyone's imagining every possible bad thing that can happen, and, and it's like, well, what if this and what if that and what if the other thing? It's like, okay, let's put it in there. Let's put it in there. And then yeah. three years later, you've never referenced the agreement. Correct. You've never that looked back. Was... It's just done. Everyone's yes. comfortable. And if anything ever comes up, which in, in, in our case, it never has come up. We've never had to go that's back right. and look at a shareholder's agreement. That's right. But it's always there. Right. And that's the best thing that happens yes. is you never look at the agreement or yes. you look at it just to, to see what it says about the thing. That's right, but yes. it's not because yeah. anyone yeah, because upset. there might be an obvious thing. Yeah, there might. Yeah, right. And it it can be painful to go through in the beginning because you are worried about everything. What happens if a spouse dies? What happens if right. your partner dies? What right. happens if someone decides I don't want to do this again? How do you? How do they get out? Yeah, um, things like that. And then you talk it all through. Everyone knows what the deal is. And then you you go run the company and everything just works yeah. fine. Most and a of great the time, attorney, not always. And a great attorney knows all the things to put in there, all the protections. Yes. And then all, the all these words that ask. you look at and you go, what is that what word? Is that and like word? by the ninth agreement, you go, oh, yeah, that's uh, mm -hmm. there's one that I always used to just call the force of manure. Yes. Yes. I don't, I don't know what the actual... Force, ma force majeure. Yes. And it's actually happening right now with House of Cards because they've shut down yes. House of Cards. Yes. So is it a yeah. force Good majeure point. situation yes. or is yes. it... Yes. So mutual indemnification, all of those things. Okay. So, so what's... Anyway. You, you mentioned you, you, the first book is Write Like a Boss. Yes. Market Like a Boss. Right? Write, publish, and then market. Okay. All right. Publish and market. Mm -hmm. what, and publish is coming out when? 
December 6th, so very soon. Market is? February 6th. Okay, how much, when you, when you wrote the books, um, is, is there a difference in terms of writing them and, and gathering the information for the different topics? Was there one that was more challenging than the other? Um, no, no, they were just all... Because we all have trouble been, with marketing like a boss. Um, yeah. So marketing like a boss was, we're going to tell you our perspective on marketing. What is marketing mm -hmm. and when do you do marketing and how do you, what, how to think about marketing. And then we're going to give you lots of tactics and strategies around marketing. And then the idea is that you're always learning just as you're always working on your personal development. You're always, um, working on your craft and learning. Like I was thinking about what I heard yesterday, show, don't tell, mm -hmm. You know, I can, the, the, the dragon's breath was on my neck, right? <laughs> As opposed to, I could feel the dragon's breath was on my neck, right? I mean, remember that, right? So uh -huh. I, that will inform me whenever yes. I'm writing uh -huh. from, from, right? Passive voice versus active voice, all of those things. Just as you're doing that, marketing is one of those things where there will be the things that always work, the, the one and done things, the, the tried and true things, mm -hmm. and there will be new things that, tr that come out and it's to keep an open mind, to be flexible and, and probably to not to follow the latest trend and, and right. go down those rabbit holes. Right. Yeah. Like the, someone goes, this is the latest, the best thing since sliced bread. Well, mm, give it a minute. Let yes. somebody else do the learning curve mm -hmm. and you can figure it out, um, later when they have been sharing their advice on how to do it. Honoré Quarter, thank you for being here for the fourth time. Where oh can people gosh. learn more about you? Um, HonoréQuarter.com, and I'm at Honoré on every social media. And you are at many writers' conferences around the country, and, and now you've kind of semi-committed to do this race next year. So I've semi-committed. I didn't even <laughs> respond. Just for the record, go back, rewind, and listen. I didn't even say anything. I told you to go do the couch to 5K. I didn't say I'm going to do the couch. No, you don't. You don't need to do that. You need to do the 5K to marathon. It would be delightful to, right. do, the, to do the 5K with you next year. Now, that's year. not an actual commitment. I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit more. I'm not sure I'm going to come next year. I haven't gotten an invitation, Michael oh, Anderley. Come on. It's a Craig Martell. Don't blame <laughs> Craig it on Martell. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, fabulous keynote on Friday night at the 20 Books to 50K conference. It was, it's a pleasure to actually meet you in person after all these years. And thank you so much for being here. Always a delight. Thank you so much.